free thought holds that individuals should not accept ideas proposed as truth without recourse to knowledge and reason. However, in the context of reason, since we are conduits, literally and figuratively speaking, and culture is expressed through us, then presumably it is reasonable to expect that if we inject Simon Lewis's assertion in this conversation, that the philosophical question must be asked. Can we give voice to everything in our eyes? Since we really can't verbalize it because we've got so many mixed emotions going on. In such an environment, it is therefore reasonable to have a theoretical conversation on whether we really know how to verbalize culture. Since this can be construed as a theoretical cliché which seems to behave somewhat like a literate reader. The cultural practitioner should be competent and should know the object language, alphabet, grammar, culturally literate and a sufficient set of vocabulary and or fate with a given culture's signs and symbols, including its language, particular dialect, stories, entertainment, idioms, and idiosyncrasies. The primary goal of a cultural practitioner's technique is to determine the root cause of a defect or problem by repeating the question, why? Each answer forms the basis of the next question, which is derived from an anecdotal observation on the number of iterations needed to resolve any issue. The construction of the aforementioned sentences have created an environment to the extent that I was able to elicit information on whether culture verbalized is explicit or implicit, or even a cultural practitioner's narrative. The more that I ventilate the same in context, these theoretical cliches, namely cultural relativism and free thinking, are seemingly intertwined in framing the argument within this global discourse. All things being considered, free thinking obviously has to do with striving to build opinions on the basis of facts, scientific inquiry, and logical principles, independent of any logical fallacies or intellectually limiting effects of authority, confirmation bias, cognitive bias, conventional wisdom, popular culture, prejudice, 
sectarianism, tradition, urban legend, and all other dogmas. Correspondingly, cultures are merely different, not deficient, and each culture's norms and practices should be assessed only from the perspective of the culture itself, not by standards embraced by another culture. Cultural practitioners must be cognizant of the fact that they express, verbalize, utter, give tongue, articulate, either verbally or with a cry, shout, or noise. Susan C. Shelley, MLS, argues that in a world where ambiguous and undefined terms are avoided, verbalizes understanding pops up as a cliche or a predictable way of language. Writing, even expressing oneself, and no one questions what it actually means. Without a definition, we cannot be sure of accurate documentation. It is for all of the aforesaid reasons that I was dispatched with this idea that one cannot make judgments about a culture just because they are not part of one's own. Outsiders should be able to see the cultural from a neutral perspective and not judge the culture before understanding it. Each culture should be viewed with respect and as an equal because no one culture is better than any other. They should be allowed to participate their own beliefs, what a culture's beliefs to be true, and values, a shared view about what is right. Cultural relativism emphasizes that ethnocentrism, which is the belief that one's culture is superior to everyone else's, should not be forced upon cultures, and cultures should remain unprejudiced toward each other. Therefore, it can be implied that any attempt to verbalize culture, we should be cognizant of the dynamic cultural relativism, which is the moral and ethical way to look at different cultures. Nonverbal communication greatly varies across cultural lines. One must take the time to study different cultures so as to fully understand messages being transmitted. There are many aspects of nonverbal communication, such as gestures, facial expression, and interpersonal space that affect the way a message is construed that becomes the deep philosophical question, do we really know how to verbalize culture? Is it explicit or is it implicit? Presumably, how to verbalize culture seems to border on whether it is explicit or it is an implicit discourse, which has to do with culture change, is a term used in public policy, making that emphasis, that influence of cultural capital on individual and community behavior. 
The more that I deconstructed this topic, it has been sometimes called repositioning of culture, which means the reconstruction of the cultural concept of a society. It places stress on the social and the cultural capital determinants of decision-making and the manner in which these interact with other factors like the availability of information or the financial incentives facing individuals to drive behavior, which is the underpinning of a cultural practitioner's narrative. Overall, the premise culture verbalize seems to border on whether it is explicit or is it an implicit cultural practitioner's discourse intertwined with several grounded theories and theoretical cliches. It's just a cultural conversation and its ethos is the underpinning of this deep philosophical question.